And hello, everybody. This is Matt with Venue. This is our motley crew from Venue. Host another podcast. This is podcast number 10. We have today with us a special guest speaker, Stephen Loy. Thank Woo-hoo. you. Hey, Stephen. Thank you. Glad Thanks to be here. Absolutely. Want to introduce yourselves? Okay. I'm William Sellers. I am Venue's senior innovation engineer. Okay. Or you could just say your name. <laughs> Josh Minadino. <laughs> I'm also W. Sellers on Twitter. <laughs> Tell us about your certs, Will. <laughs> well, everyone take a, this may take a time. When's a your birthday? <laughs> April 14th. The social security number? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Uh, I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I am Philip DiStefano. And I'm Stephen with the Tech Park. Hey, Stephen. Awesome. So today, guys, we've got some uh, – we actually have an agenda, which is pretty awesome. We're going to dive right into here. Um, I know for uh, for Christmas I got some new goodies and uh, just kind of wanted to kick us off with talking about some consumer tech, you know, mm-hmm. some some lifestyle-type things, one of which is the, uh, the tile, which I have right yes, here. Yes, I want to see that. Okay. So there it is. Everybody on the uh, the podcast, you can see. No, you can't see. Everyone, uh, look, at the, everyone uh, look into the camera. Great radio. <laughs> well, it's Again. theater for the mind. It is. It is. Right. So it's white, and it has a hole in it, and it's about the size of a of a half dollar. Yeah, that is like because an we inch and those. a half square. Two it inches. is. Yeah. So the tile, just for those of you who don't know, is a pretty handy dandy little device that. Is uh, the way it's pitched is kind of like GPS for your stuff, for your keys, for your your uh, your backpack, your kids, your dog, that kind of a deal. But it's not GPS; it's actually using Bluetooth to your phone. Mm-hmm. It's got a little app that goes with it, and uh, what happens is this little tile you attach it to something, and uh, your phone remembers where the tile is. So let's say I go to work and I leave my keys at the office when I go to lunch or whatever, and I forget that I had my keys there, right? Well, it remembered that my keys were with the tile on my desk, and so my phone's like, hey, is that your, your desk, you know? Um, so it's kind of cool, i got to say. Um, it's a little heavier than I would have thought for your key mm-hmm. ring, and it's a little thicker than I would have hoped. It's about a, uh, I'd call this a good almost quarter of an inch thick. Um, it lives a year, so you never charge it. That's kind of <laughs> slick, right? Yeah. Um, and I did kind of do a little test, lose my keys, and uh, it sings. So when you're like, find my whatever device, it goes, makes a little noise. I can't make it do it. Hmm. Otherwise, I'd make it do it for you guys. But uh, it's cool. It was a Kickstarter, and they mm-hmm. officially launched right around Christmas. So they shipped all their tiles out around oh, that's Christmas. Cool. So how much are these things? This is about, I think, 10 bucks. Okay, that's and not too apps bad. Free. Not too bad. Yeah. So they, they, do they uh, market it as you can put it on your pet, or are you just joking about that? I mean, like, if your pet, if he went running down the street, can you... There's no way... Well, there is a way to track it. That's a good question, actually. So it's not using GPS, like I mentioned. Right. But other tile users, you can say, hey, I lost my dog. Mm -hmm. And so it activates other tile users nearby, and and they're able to say, hey, I found your dog. Okay. Um, So that's obviously a community that has a lot of tiles. Right. Have you heard of Tracker? No, I've not. I think that's exactly the same thing. That sounds very familiar to me. Okay, cool. This is good because you can actually put this in. You know, putting it on your key chain may be a little bit more cumbersome because this is pretty big if you're putting it in your pocket, I guess. Not too terribly bad, Mm -hmm. but I could see, like, in a laptop case. Definitely. um, Any kind of luggage. Any kind of luggage, anything like a purse. This would be perfect. Yeah. For the woman in your life who, <laughs> always, who is always losing her purse. Valentine's Day is coming up. That's so right. Yeah. So this would be great. Um, you know, phones, um, 
you know, I guess if you have a mobile a mobile device, you could maybe attach this to a case or something like. Why a, would you do that? A game port. Well, maybe not to a phone because a phone. You know, if you have, if you, <laughs> you have, need a phone for the phone. <laughs> if you have a phone, yeah, I guess that would work. But if you have like a game, some type of you know something you you want to stick this to it, it would work fine. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, it's kind of cool. Maybe a child. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could. Yeah. Yeah. All my kids have these. <laughs> <laughs> you chipped your kid. Yeah. Can you make it uh, say like whenever your tile is within 20 feet away from your phone, can it go off there like to let you know you forgot something as opposed to, oh, I for- where is it? That's a good point. I don't think so. Mm. Version two. Because I think there was a Kickstarter mm-hmm. that had something on those Yeah, lines. yeah. That's a good idea. Tile, if you're listening, um, you'll sell more of them if you do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, last thing I had was just a quick review on the Amazon Fire Stick. So, you know, Amazon is basically delving into every single aspect of our lives, including TV, of course, with Prime and all that. And they've got the Firebox that came out last year. Um, when they released the Fire Stick, which is like the, the little Chrome dongle, and actually Roku has a dongle now, too. Um, so I installed it, got it on a whim. You know, I was one of the first buyers, spent like 12 bucks on it. I know, Josh, you got yep, one, too. I got right? one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty neat little device, actually. It hooks up very easily. It ha- it takes no room, absolutely none, on the back of the TV. It's very small. The remote's pretty nice, too. It's a small little thing about the just – it's like two sizes – well, two tiles. So if you had two tiles, if you knew what a tile looked like, <laughs> that's what the remote looks like. Um, it's pretty quick. It's got a little dual-core processor in it, which is pretty snappy, you know. And so it's scrolling through all the TV shows on Prime. You're able to load apps in it just like you are with a Roku. Um, so I'm pretty happy with it. I know some complaints have been that it's not fast enough because it doesn't have enough juice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, is really? that for playback or is that for like boot time? Boot. Well, boot time and cycling through TV shows, the menu. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. But when it's playing, it's great. I mean, it's HD yeah. and all that. So as a as an entry level, forty bucks now. You know, they they go and sell all the time. I would definitely recommend that. So, yeah, for what you're getting, I mean, what you're paying for, it's a great thing. Because the other thing is it plugs right in the HDMI port. Yep. So it's not like – and that's one thing I don't like about, like, Apple TV and Roku. And I'll say that's also why I do like those devices is, you know, you can plug this straight in and you don't see it. Yep. Now, on the flip side, um, Roku has a Fire Stick just like this. And I think in the same price range, it actually might be more than this. I, I think, think it's it actually is. $99 maybe. I think the Roku mm-hmm. Stick is 50 Or is it 50 yeah. Okay. Yeah. But – the thing I've noticed with, like, even – so the Roku 2 and the Roku Fire Stick or the Roku Stick, and I think probably maybe the, this as well, it's got, it does have a slower processor. So, like, I just recently got a Roku 3. Um, oh, cool, yeah. Know, mm-hmm. And that thing has a, a noticeable increase in speed in terms of navigation and moving around. Um, does it really matter that much? Mm, not really. I mean, if you want something that you, it'll do what it – what it's meant to do, this is fine. Yeah. The one thing I do like about the Roku 3 is that uh, you can plug a USB hard drive into it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I love about the menu on this is that the UI is – I mean, Roku is very straightforward. It's very appy, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like a tablet or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, the Amazon experience is – I don't know. They just kind of went a step further. And so it's really mm-hmm. nice and oh. kind of pretty, actually. See, I tend to get lost more in my ro- in my uh, Fire Stick than doing my really? Roku. Really? Okay. I don't know what it is. But the thing that bothers me about the um, about the Fire Stick is you don't see that you have to plug the thing in. And I was – Right. And, and that's, that's what point. I got mm-hmm. it. And I was like, wait, why do I have to plug it in? I was like, ugh. And yeah. so that would – I agree. It's very snappy and everything else, but that was my biggest disappointment. Yeah, that's so, yeah. a good point. <coughs> you so, uh, for power? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I have to agree with that. And well, also, wait a this, you have to plug this thing into power. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, that completely defeats the purpose exactly. of having a, full, a stick. Exactly. Some, some right. HDMI ports on like newer TVs do provide power, don't they? Because yeah. like the Chromecast oh, yeah. comes mm-hmm. with the USB uh, a cable to plug into a USB port. That's a good point. It, this this is yeah. USB as well, so I guess yeah. I could plug that in the TV, yeah. huh? So, but it's really just like TV? your Chrome. I mean, yeah, your Chrome stick. So. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and I want to just go ahead and add, add that uh, I actually purchased the Fire Stick for my sister for Christmas, um, and I had to set it up very quickly on Christmas Day, and unfortunately, uh, that did not occur. Uh, it actually got hung up on the updates. Oh, really? On Christmas Day, yeah, and did not actually update till the day after Christmas. Oh, wow. which was really weird. So it was dead in the water. Yeah, it was just dead in the water. That's so, good. Hmm. 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 Just so, a bit of caution there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is all these new devices, whether if it's Amazon Fire Stick, the Roku, uh, Apple TV, it's just bringing us closer and closer to cord cutting. Mm-hmm. And I know speaking for myself, I've, I've got rid of cable. I mean, it's been years since I've had cable. And now I think I'm actually watching more TV than I am ever before, you know, with, with cable. And, you know, of course, I'm also spending more on Internet connectivity because I'm streaming. Everyone in my house streams, my wife and son all stream. So it's kind of like you're sucking down more bandwidth. But that extra flexibility is is awesome. Have you all watched Arrow? No. Okay. It's no, pretty good. I, I watched The Flash. It's cool. Hey, there you go. <laughs> both, both, both very good. Yeah. Yeah. But to William's point, I mean, the Golden Globes were just announced. Or, you know, they just had the awards and all none of the main uh, networks got any of the awards. They were oh, all really? Amazon and, uh, and Netflix and things like that. So well, I the think the quality this, of those shows yeah. is so just a whole different level. I mean, yeah. Well, didn't a, Amazon come out with an Amazon only um, show and it's hitting a bunch of awards? Uh, it's got some pretty big name people in it. I forgot the name of it now. But. They've been doing a lot of Amazon like special shows. Mm-hmm. They just came out with a couple of children's shows as well. Yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. about that. Yeah. Co, so what is this I fit So, who wants to talk about that? I, I, I don't mind talking about it if you'd like to talk about it. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you start, Will? <laughs> you look so very excited. If or IFT is, uh, is, stands for If This Then That. And uh, if you go to IF ttt.com and sign up for a free account. What this allows you to do, it's kind of like a programming language that's not a programming language. What it allows you to do is to connect to all of your online services. So this can be Facebook, Twitter, Evernote, um, and also devices that are internet connected. Uh, Your Nest thermostat, your Honeywell device. you know, there's a ton of channels which call, which are called – these things I'm talking about are called channels. You can have things like Android Wear. You can have iOS um, location-based services. So what this allows to do is you connect all these devices together that are Internet accessible. And then you, what you do is you say, if this happens on one device, do these other things. So, like, for instance, I have what's called a recipe based on a channel that says – when my phone, which if this location, this is the location services icon for iOS location, if my phone gets within so many feet of my my home, turn down the thermostat or turn up the thermostat. Hmm. And that's really cool. So I can be, you know, I'm on my way home from work. When I get to, uh, you know, a few blocks from my house, 
uh, my nest sets itself and gets to the temperature I want. Not only can you do that, of course, since more TVs are becoming connected, you have things like Sonos players, you have you know, all of the Internet of Things devices, you can build channels or connect them to the service and then um, trigger alarms or trigger things to do. The other thing I have is I have one, uh, I have a uh, Belkin Wemo system. This is little devices for home automation. But I also have um, motion sensors in my house. So I set up a channel. I don't have it on here now because we're looking at my, my login. But I can say if motion happens inside of my house between these times, send me an email or hmm. call my phone. And that will actually leave you a, you know, like a robot voice saying, you know, motion has been detected in your house. And hmm. it's really cool. Um, and as more people use this, more channels um, – they do deals with other providers to add more channels, so it just becomes stronger and stronger as we go as we go on. So this is um, helping contribute to YouTube.com/slash/wsellers. Basically, your your life, your your real story for the world to see because you have everything connected. I mean, we could totally if we could hack this. <laughs> do you realize? <laughs> well, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm actually have been doing a reality TV show that I really don't know I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> there's somebody. Somewhere and this is the gateway going, to that, right? There's here. probably someone going. Let's see what's going on in Will's house today. And, <laughs> although I don't have cameras yet, but uh, it's just a very good way to to automate things. Uh, it supports tons of devices. Any Wink device uh, scale. I used to have it to where when I'd step on my. Um, my Y-Thing scale or Withing scale, it would tweet my weight. Hmm. Uh, or if I hit a certain weight goal, it would post to Facebook a pre-canned uh, announcement. Hmm. Or I could even do things like, hey, when I hit a certain weight, call somebody. And it will actually dial the number and leave them a message. So if you can think about all of the things, you know, use your imagination and look at all of these different connectors that I can connect to – um, you can start seeing how powerful this would be, you know, especially as we start having more and more devices in our lives that are Internet connected. Yeah, so I actually tried this out um, for a little while, and uh, I don't specifically have a lot of these devices in the house. I don't have any nests or any smart things. Um, so <laughs> Can we get them off the podcast? So, you have dumb things. I have dumb things in my house. So uh, as a – as a service, it's real easy to use, first off. Um, I don't know if Will really emphasized how e- – it's literally you select a, a service, say, when this happens, and then you go to another service, when this do this, right? right. Super easy. The other thing um, I use it for – I don't mean to interrupt, but the other thing I use this for oh, – I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a thought. I can't let it go. Just go, like, go. Is, um, if he interrupts, yeah. <laughs> then so, do you – So you yeah. know like we have Twitter. And inside of Twitter, uh, you can go and favorite a mm-hmm. post. Uh, a lot of times I use favorites as bookmarks. So I have a recipe, and I'll, again, I don't have it enabled right now, that says every time I favorite something on Twitter, go take that favorite post and dump it into a, an Evernote notebook called Twitter Favorites or Twitter Bookmarks. And I've been using that, and I absolutely love that because during the day I can be you know, watching, looking at posts, and I'm like, I want to go back and look at this. And, um, of course, you can go back through the Twitter interface and, and look at it. But sometimes you want to have it in a notebook or maybe you want to do it over time. It's just a really good way of doing things mm-hmm. like this. Yeah, I think it, I think you really have to have something that you are uh, trying to accomplish and and go into it and see if it will accomplish that, right? Just, just when I looked at it, I was like, well, I don't really have anything that I want to do. 
And um, the, the recipes that I made were price tracking recipes that were, mm-hmm. hey, you know, um, if this particular item on Amazon goes drops in price, notify me, right? Mm-hmm. And I use the service on there called Track If, okay? That, oh, cool. That, that identifies it. Now, the thing is, is that Track If will do that as well, right? So I'm kind of using Ift as a kind of a middleman there, right? Mm-hmm. And I could, I, could, I could technically say, well, if the price drops, post to a Facebook group, mm-hmm. and that right. would be a better use of it. But That's I don't really cool. have any, you know, you could do that, but I don't really have anything to do that with. So you kind of have to have, I think, a specific reason to use if. I agree. Right? I agree. But I always, I always will say, go look at it. And when you start going through the channels mm-hmm. and start playing with it, you can go, oh, wait a second. This, so you can actually start building. You don't necessarily have to have a... A problem that you're trying to solve, it's but you can go look. Fascinating for the, debate on if you can go look. You can go look through the channels and go. Wait a second. I think everybody, I else, everybody else is falling you, asleep. You've lost us. <laughs> if my phone gets somewhere, turn if, on the blender. If we end this discussion, then people will be reengaged. So, Windows Phone impressions. Phil, take it away. Sure. Um, so, before I get into this, how many people in this room have actually used Windows Phone eight? Or, I guess, seven if you've used it. I'm pretty sure Will has, right? Uh, through the years, I've used off and on various Windows phones. However, it's been years. Okay, but we use, you use, like, Windows phone, not, like, Windows mobile, right? Because big difference. Didn't you have, like, a, no, a Lumia 520 for a little while? I, do, I still have it. Okay. I don't use it. All but, right. yes, I did. I, I have All right, that, that's phone. Windows phone. So, I wanted to get a Windows phone for my work phone, so I did. And I've come from uh, an iPhone, and I have a, a Nexus 7 tablet, so I have, you know, iOS and Android experience. And I had, I've never had an Android phone, but um, so using this Windows phone, like, I've been blown away by how good it is. Like, I'm so surprised that Windows phone only has 3.5% market share. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is pretty amazing. Um, What's the size? Uh, so my... my, uh, my I have an HTC One M8 for Windows, which is a five-inch Windows phone. Um, and one of the things that I found so impressive, I literally just realized this yesterday, is that I was using Windows Phone incorrectly. So at the top of the Windows Phone interface, like everything in the in the user interface is just big at the top of the screen. And I couldn't figure out why it was so big, because because it seemed like such a waste of screen space. But then I realized. In almost every Windows Phone app, you can just swipe side to side rather than going up there and pressing on what you want. So it's made for bigger phones, so you don't have to use reachability like an iPhone to, to make the screen come down. You just oh. swipe side to side. Okay, nice. And so it makes it easy to use a big phone, which I didn't even realize because I was trying to use it like an iPhone or like an Android phone. Well, I have a problem when you said you have to use reachability. I mean, that's a feature. That's, with, with, it's a, with one it's hand, It's a pleasure though. to use reachability. With one hand, though. I can't use my Damn iPhone phone. with one hand. Who like, wants to use the phone with one? You're holding it wrong. <laughs> You're holding right, it wrong. Steve. You should hold it like this <laughs> All right, and then Steve. use the other <laughs> finger to, to get things you want to do. Um, Fanboy alert. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's a beautiful phone. Uh, so the phone that you have is made by HTC. We're all looking at it on the big here display in the podcast studio. I will say HTC makes some beautiful devices, whether they are Android or or smart or, or uh, Windows 8. Now, this is the same form factor that you can get it in Android. Right. It's the exact same phone. It's just running Windows 8.1, yeah. Windows Phone 8.1. Um, 
I will say Windows 8, and this, I don't know if this doesn't offend anybody, but I say I think Windows 8 reminds me a lot of Android. At least some of the maybe some of the skins or some of the phone or the, the operating the system operating system. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a few things that that remind me of like uh, the, the Galaxy. Um, when you look at the, the Samsung Galaxy uh, custom ROMs or whatever that, that that come from for the phone, it just has a little bit of a look and feel of of that. Which honestly, as a, as an Apple fanboy, I will say I kind of like because it's it's new. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but um, anyway, yeah. I like that Phil's phone is grippy. Yeah. Like he, it's not going to fly out of my hand. I'm, I drop my iPhone pretty often. Like, sometimes I just, like, move my hand and the phone just falls to the floor. And I'm like, oh. Dude, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have a case on it, admittedly, but I hate cases. I don't have a case on this uh-huh. one either. And I can hold it. Okay, but I'll ask the coup de gras question. Okay. If you were on a desert island with only one device... And you had internet connectivity, and you had cell phone service. Which one would you have to be forced to use? In that situation, I'd be happy to have anything. No, no, but, no, 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 no. We're not talking about what, I just, I, which one would you bring with you if you had to? For the rest of your life, you have to have a phone. If I had, if I, all right. In, the desert it doesn't make part sense. Doesn't make you just sense. Call for help. Okay, so <laughs> what, but if I had, right, if well, I could only have it's, one it's, phone, it's I would the, not. The, whoa, whoa, whoa! Trick question. He set up an ift. That if he's on a desert island, he gets shipped another phone. Okay, okay. Amazon promise. If I could only have one phone, it would still be my iPhone. But I'll tell you why. It's because the app situation on Windows Phone sucks. Like, there's no Google. Like, Google doesn't make anything for it because Google is being evil. Don't be evil, Google. Um, And like, there's no Chrome. So there's no Chromecast. There's no. I mean, it's inferior product. And that makes it hard to recommend. But just the OS itself. I like it better than iOS. I like it better than Android. It's, I mean, it's it's really nice. Cool. Hmm. Okay. You you continue to surprise us with your transformation. My transformation. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll say I do you like. You got your Surface. You got yeah, your I'm Windows at your phone. Surface, and I do like, like your Surface. The Surface is kind of cool. Microsoft's pretty cool, guys. Microsoft is pretty cool. I. People accuse me. See, look, in in two thousand six or seven, at the time I wrote a a, a, a column. For, for Tiger Weekly, and I wrote an, an oh. article called uh, Why Windows Vista Doesn't Suck, because I don't think Windows Vista sucked. I think people that <coughs> thought Windows Vista sucked were just wow. saying that because they, like, the, the thir- they had just been so long, and third parties were making very poor drivers and applications. The compatibility wasn't there, and it wasn't really Microsoft's fault. And, you know, I got, you know, a lot of that back then, too. So now I'm, like, in Windows 8. I'm getting the same thing. No, no, no. I'm not ragging you. <laughs> but you know, I've got my iPhone. I've got my my MacBook Pro, and I, I you know. Let's ask our <laughs> guest here, Stephen. <laughs> yes. Sir. Which is your phone of choice? I see it sitting on the desk in front of you. The iPhone. It's an iPhone. <laughs> Need we see more? <laughs> he heads our Louisiana Technology Park. So there you go. So let's now, learn more now, about that. He does that. need a new iPhone. No, nope, I think nope. that's is that a five? I don't want. I don't want anything bigger. Is that a five? If, I could, if I could go down to a next level, I'd take a um, actually the original. Okay, this is a five S. Yeah. I love a four because it fits exactly. I have a place in my car where I always put it, and it fits perfectly, and it doesn't go flying anywhere. That one's too big for that, and I certainly don't want a phablet. God, this is so small. <laughs> you know what's funny is it's not the you, size that counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know it's the operating system underneath. <laughs> the thing is, is after so I have a six plus, and I will say, after you use this for a few days or a week, you're over you it. You go back to a different another phone that's smaller, like an iPhone 5s or a four, and you go, oh my god, this is a toy. And 
you do. I will say your you, your your body, your brain gets used to this size factor. Now I can't. I would not want to go back to a smaller phone. So now when I first got it, I, I was honestly I was having powers or more. So I was like, man, maybe I should have just got the regular six. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be fumbling with this. I'm not yet. I've. But where do you keep that? It. I mean, when you're walking down the hallway. In my o- on your clutch, body, clutched in my hand. <laughs> well, you've got a purse, right? That's right. I'd rather call it my adventure pack. Okay, fanny pack. No. So I was testing out T-Mobile on my old iPhone five, and I saw I was go- I had literally my iPhone six in this hand and my iPhone five in this hand with different mm-hmm. carriers, and man, the whole time I was thinking, man, I really miss this iPhone five form factor, and. I have to agree with Stephen that I don't know if I would buy another iPhone unless they come out with a four inch mm-hmm. or like four point two or or make the bezel smaller because mm-hmm. the bezels yeah. are huge on the six. And the the six bezel plus. is yeah. If they could, if if Apple could do something where they reduce the top and bottom bezel, that actually might be a mm-hmm. perfect. And the, the I, rounded I mean, sides a little yeah, bit. Mm-hmm. I like the rounded sides. Like I said, it's it definitely takes time to get used to. You have to get you have to let the drug work. <laughs> um, but once you the reality once you're distortion field is high <laughs> in this area, guys, it's all the way there. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and we'll, we'll we'll change subject, of course. But um, darn it, I had a thought and it just eluded me. Um, but no, I can't I, I can't go back to so, the front. Carrying it around, I put it in my pocket, my front pocket, mm-hmm. no problems. Sitting down, not the most comfortable Ooh. thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> um, is plus, that, your is that a good thing? thing? Are you happy to see <laughs> me? Plus, I always worry about this thing bending, which mm-hmm. I, it's never bent. It's been fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, it's a beautiful device. So, so, Will, what's your what's your upper limit? Let's say Apple release a seven inch mm-hmm. phone tomorrow. They wouldn't do a thing like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said about oh, the that iPad. Too. Yeah, the <laughs> iPad <laughs> Mini phone curved. Yeah, yes. really, something yeah. like that. Um, no, I mean, I think this is as, I think this is as big as Apple would hopefully make. Um, is that is that your upper is that your upper limit though? This is my upper limit, yeah. Okay, so if they made a seven inch phone tomorrow, you'd be like, no, probably okay. no, no, yeah. It just it, it some and then I would be carrying an iPad Mini, which is great, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh-uh. Which brings us to the tech park. <laughs> yes. So, Stephen, thanks for joining us today. This is awesome. You're Great. our first guest of 2015. I think it's a good way to kick things off, and. Uh, we just kind of want to learn more about what's going on over mm-hmm. there at the Tech Park and what your story is, how you got started there, and uh, a couple of the new tenants that you guys mm-hmm. have, what you're yeah. excited about this year. So kind of walk us through okay. what's what's going on, what's new. Well, the Tech Park opened up in 2001, and it was uh, it was about the same time that Venue actually uh, came online as well. And both uh, the Tech Park's mission was to help promote technology in our region. And that's something we've been doing now for the past 14, 15 years. And what an incubator does is uh, helps young companies grow. And we provide different resources. I mean, one of the main things is, yeah, they get uh, subsidized rent, but we provide so much more than that. We have um, a director of finance who has a a venture capital and banking background. I have a director of marketing and business development who can help them write news releases and help them, um, you know, question people and help them uh, market their product better. And then we also handle some of the smaller things, like help with copiers and help with uh, um, meeting space if they need coffee made and things like that that just, you know, we help them to look bigger than maybe what they are. Sure. And so um, they stay there anywhere from three to five years, and the hope is that they grow and move out. Sometimes they know <laughs> they take the yeah. dive, and you know, and, but that's, that's okay. 
And um, but we had um, we have a couple of exciting companies in there right now. One is Cell Control, and they have a distracted driving uh, device, and it actually sits by your rearview mirror. And it's so intelligent. If Will is driving the car and I hand Will my um, phone, it'll recognize that and stop. And I mean, it'll it'll shut down the phone. But it's also smart enough to wow. know if who, I'm. Who would want such a? Thing? <laughs> yeah. Not your son. No, but my it's son also would not want yeah. Them. But it's also smart enough to know that if you're on the subway, that you're not in a car, and to let your device work as well. And so that's um, and so that device was created by um, Rob Guba who uh, originally came to the tech park back in 2003 with uh, Trace Security. And they, oh, handled, yeah. um, they handled the back end for, campus, uh, for credit unions at the time. And now they've grown. They have probably about 80 people over on Corporate Boulevard in Baton Rouge and are doing fantastic. But the exciting part about that is that Rob is part of a growing sector in Baton Rouge of serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. Where Rob has started Trace Security. He left there and has come in and created Cell Control. And so cell control probably has anywhere 30, 35 people for, working for it right now. And then Trace Security has 80 people. So Rob has, you know, give, you know, has uh, given Baton Rouge about 150 uh, high-end, high-tech employees, which is great. And I'm sure, you know, Rob has another another idea in his, sure. <laughs> that he's going to come up that's with. That's so cool. Yeah, so um, we have several guys like that, and there's several in Baton Rouge. And so that's the exciting things one that happen. One of the things that also I, I have to say that you guys have down there that is fantastic is you guys have a really, really kick-butt 3D printer. We do. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Cell Control uses that when they're doing prototyping. I yeah. think we can say that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. they need to build a new form factor or want to test something, they mm. just send – they do it in, I guess, CAD or whatever software mm-hmm. they're using yeah. to, to render the imaging and just say, yes, print this out. Yeah. And then voila, there you go. It is the most mesmerizing thing is to watch in a 3D oh, printer. Yeah. Work. Oh, you it's can crazy. just sit there and just yeah. you'll you'll just you'll get enthralled. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the weirdest thing you've seen printed out? <laughs> I can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you ever come in in the morning and like, what has someone printed out? <laughs> Not uh, yet, but I'm sure there'll be a time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but it's it, you're right. It does help with prototype, and those are the, some resources that the tech part can provide. I mean, we have. Um, another company does some prototyping there, and they were sending off their device to Florida, and it would cost a thousand dollars for them to send that off. And then usually they'd have to go up there and you know go back and forth with them, and then he would send it out. And it just it was just a crazy thing. Now they just go in, print it out, uh, and let's change some things up and do it all in house. And their engineers don't have to spend a lot of time there. Another thing that we have with the um, 3D printer is some radio frequency testing equipment as well. Oh, interesting. There's yeah. a, a company there called Bascom Hunter that has a $750,000 um, uh, grant with the Department of Navy. And they help um, basically the good guys who's uh, in a Jeep, you know, one of, the, uh, one of our uh, army men going down the uh, street. They're, they're sending out a signal that blocks all the signals so that someone can't um, detonate a, um, a bomb through remote control, which is, you know, good. But if the soldier wants to call back mm-hmm. then he can't do that because his uh his because his device is blocking the signals so what they do is basically create some a virtual tunnel that allows them to call back and so that's something that they're doing but because of the uh the equipment that's in there, the radio frequency equipment they can do it all that testing in-house before they were going up to philadelphia having to stay a week that engineer was up there the whole time and it was really just not very cost effective yeah. So just some of the things. We also have uh, beanbag chairs. We have ping pong tables. and we got um, a gym. we got a gym. Everything, yeah. yeah. And bubble gum. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and that's really that's really cool because um, there's uh, one of our person I follow on Twitter, uh, Alexis O'Hannon, who uh, started Reddit, and I think he's doing a um, a podcast now for either Engadget or or The Verge, and he interviewed um, someone from uh, August, and they make a connected door lock. And the same thing with like people like Nest and all these companies. They say the hardest thing to do is hardware. Software is really really easy, you know. So if you want to prototype something, it's virtually easy to set up hardware. But when they say it comes to designing, uh, it's easier to do software. It's much more harder to fabricate and do test and dev mm-hmm. on hardware. <laughs> and that's where things like you know, if you have access to three D printers, and now you're actually uh, at CES this year, uh, you're now seeing three D printers that actually can print in non-plastics. Oh, yeah. So if you remember, there was someone who came out and said, oh, look, we're going to create a hammer. And the person printed out a wooden, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's not true wood, it's, it's a composite. Not, yeah. But it feels like wood, <laughs> a composite handle, and a composite, um, what's the end of the hammer? Strike, striker. Mm-hmm. And it was like a metal, oh. and it didn't quite feel as heavy and as dense as mm-hmm. steel. But you could actually use it as a hammer. They said there was enough metal in that in the in that part of the hammer where you can actually magnetize it. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. so that's crazy. Is. So, yeah. Stephen, yeah. Mm-hmm. need one of those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I want is they have one that uh, I think NASA has uh, put in a grant out. If you can build pizza or food with a three D printer, and you just put all the different you know the proteins and everything else together, it's so coming. Crazy. It's going to be yeah. like Star Trek, where you just yeah, Earl Grey tea mm-hmm. hops. That's right. <laughs> there you go. You know? <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. That's um, cool. Yeah, and besides besides all the resources, and everything like I said, it's a good place to be with like minded people, especially if you're in a room with other technology people. Uh, just being able to geek out and talk about different things. CEOs need to know you know where. Once upon a time, you sent all your um, your offshoring to China or to India. Now you know move somewhere else, and then. Louisiana has such great um, tax incentives. You know, talk to someone. You know, talk to another CSA. Say, you know, how you know using the tax incentives is it better to actually mm-hmm. have my programmers here with me in uh, in house as opposed to having them in some country far, far away? And so, it's it's, it's yeah. I, I'm totally glad you guys are here because you know I often you know you read about I follow you know the, the tech celebrities and the people from San Francisco and Silicon Valley and, and you see all these cool things that are going on. But we have this right here in Baton Rouge. In Louisiana, so I think it's great for us to have you guys, you know, within walking distance from venue. Agreed. Yeah, well, we're the same way. I mean, we're um, the great thing about having venue right next door to us, and that venue is a partner with us. Is these small guys who maybe have a handful of people in their uh, company, and maybe you know don't have two pennies to rub together, they can take an investor next door to see an enterprise class data center and say, look, this is where my data is kept. It is is secure. It's not going anywhere. It'll be up ninety nine point nine 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 percent uptime. And, you know, that beats the heck out of having your server either in some big cloud somewhere that, you know, it's like, okay, we'll call someone at that wherever your, you know, your cloud is and see if you can get someone on the phone. Or, you know, you can walk right next door. I mean, we share a common wall with y'all, yeah. and we share a lot of commonalities besides the wall. But, so you yeah. have someone you can hit. That's right. <laughs> you know, grab them by the throat. What are you doing to my data? Um so the tech park has been in the news lately. I was one morning a few, I guess a few weeks ago maybe, or a month ago, I, I was looking through Facebook and I saw that you guys had a big announcement about a company called Qualytics. Very good. Better than what I can say. <laughs> Qualytics. Can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about what they're doing? Yeah, they um, actually moved here, relocated from Washington State, and they do um, software Q&A. 
and they can do it for digital media gaming, but they can also do it on regular uh, software as well. And so they came here because of the tax credits and tax incentives. They also liked that venue was right next door. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a, it was a great win for Baton Rouge. The, uh, the mayor was here. And other state officials were here just because um, it it's, a, it's a wonderful um, company. It was a company that we met first out at uh, GDC at the Game Developers Conference. And we had just we created a good relationship with them, a good, and it's just blo- uh, blossomed from there. Fantastic. Speaking of gaming, do you mm-hmm. game? My boys do. Yeah, I just, it, yeah. No? You know, I'm in the same thing. I have an Xbox One at home. We had a 360, and I'll get it to play with it, but I actually don't game. I just look at it for the technology and kind of, you know, yeah. the, the whole thing, media center type stuff, which is really cool. But, yeah, my son's a gamer. I get killed every few gameplay. <laughs> yeah. Um, over the years since, you know, you've been at the tech park, um, you know, and within you, looking at how we've grown and, mm-hmm. and new technologies we've rolled out, what has been, you know, the technology you've seen grow the most and that you're most excited about? Whether it's data storage, cloud computing, um, what yeah. else? You know, just, th- what is, just, what's, yeah. I mean, the thing, think about it. I was talking to someone the other day about it. When we opened up in 2002, 2001, these devices, these phones didn't exist. So yeah. the companies that were in the tech park were B2C uh, business, B2B businesses. I mean, they were sitting there doing the back ends of credit unions and things like that and re- very commercialized things. And now, I mean, more than half of the companies that are in there now are much more oriented to, to um, customers. I mean, we have like cell control. You know, they, who, we didn't even need a product like that five, seven years ago. I mean, now look at the things. And so who, who's to – I don't know where we're going to be from five years from now. It's, I think it's going to be exciting to see. But we do – I mean, we have a, um, a video game incubator within the tech park. That would have been – you know, who would have – why would you need that five years yeah. ago? Yeah. Now, and what's that? Is that uh, – That's Level Up Lab. Level Up Labs. Yeah. yeah. And so we provide just very unique hardware and software that video game developers need as far as uh, the tablets and the Cintiq tablets and – Adobe uh, Suite and things like that, but we also bring in mentors to help them with that, and so we provide that. But who, I mean, seven, ten years, ten years ago, that wasn't even you know on anyone's radar. About how many companies are there in the tech park? We have about twenty companies overall. Yeah, awesome. They employ about two hundred people. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you mm-hmm. or wanted to engage with you, whether if it's, you know, they, they need you or mm-hmm. they want to just come hang out, maybe look around, uh, learn more about you, how would they do that? LATechpark.com, uh, FSLoy is my Twitter, and um, um, Stephen with a PH at LATechpark.com. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, Stephen, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I think this is great having you. Hopefully, fun. We, we can have you on more podcasts as we do these. We would love to have you as a guest now and then to Sounds come by and do these. Okay, so great. Well, um, I think next week we're going to table one of our other topics that we had on the slate for today. We're going to talk about home automation, and that's you know we talked a little bit about that today with the Nest, with with things, well, that's really not home automation, but the Wemo mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, I have some other devices that I recently purchased that I just have to talk about. And <laughs> also, we'll cover some 2015 tech predictions, which I'm pretty excited about. 